Wonder Hill here, and here I am again to get you out of the doom and gloom reports of everyday life by bringing a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart by dishing up some of my own real life stories from behind my bifocals and adding uplifting and humorous stories from others. This week we're starting out our show with Miss Clara, letting us know how she handles forgiveness. And then I'd like to add an uplifting story from my Chatterbox News about an eagle who brought such joy to the man who named her freedom and brought her back to health and life. I'll finish off with a little fun with a Japanese exchange student from NUS. Good morning, Miss Clara, and a great morning it is here in Ontario, Canada. Sun is out and promising to be the best day. By the way, I just received my second COVID shot. How about you? Morning, Lizzie, and to all you folks out there. Yeah, I sure did. My first shot went like a breeze. The only thing I felt was something wet drip on my arm. I figured the gal made a mistake and didn't get it in. She dropped the needle in a disposal thingy and then stared at me for a minute. She pointed out this clock sitting on the table and told me I had to sit there for 15 minutes. I said, what? You give me a shot? She said, yep. I couldn't believe it. No sore arm, nothing. It is a breeze. My second shot, I did feel a wee prick and had a bit of a sore arm for the day, and then I'm fit as a fiddle. Hey, Lizzie, you ever wonder what fit as a fiddle means? Oh, well, I digress. So glad to hear you're vaccinated and no, I've heard the saying, but never stopped to wonder what it meant other than it meant all was well. Well, best get on with my story of the week, Lizzie. This month I've been practicing forgiveness. I was told forgiving sometimes is not for the other person, but for me. Hey, I thought that was a neat idea until I got to thinking about all the grudges I held. And folks, I'm in my rights to hope some of these folks get payback. Yes, sometimes it's a bit difficult to forgive some of the things that have happened. But I'll be quiet to hear what your take is on it. I was thinking of my neighbors down the road a piece. Their dogs forever trotting up the road and doing that nasty thing on my lawn. I did go down there and speak nicely to them, asking them to please keep their dog home. Did it do any good? Not on your life. So, it's time to take action. I snuck down there through the night and heaved some of my bag leaves all over their lawn. Like, what do they expect? I don't send Grabby Dog down there to put his doo-doo all over their lawn. At least with leaves, they don't have to get their fingers all gummied up. Hey, that doesn't sound too much like forgiveness, Clara. Sounds more like revenge. Not to me, Lizzie. I thought that was the end of it, but the next day, there was that little gremlin again. Well, out the door I went with my broom in hand, and no, I wasn't riding it. He saw me coming. He got his job done way he scooted and thought I didn't see that nasty sneer he got with as he glanced backwards to see if I was catching up. 
He jumped onto his property and came to a dead stop. Teeth bared and a growl that sent chills even down my broomstick. I tried gingerly to step onto the property so I could report his bad behavior to his parents, but no such luck. Folks, I just knew I'd be devoured. The broomstick, me and all, if I didn't fly back to my property immediately. Holy cow, Clara, that could be dangerous. Now I ask, how can I forgive that? Revenge is the only thing these creatures understand. I waited until it was dark and went the other way down the road opposite from where this he-dog lived. Just in case he's on the lookout, he wouldn't be expecting me. I went around and came up from the other way. I rolled down the window of my truck just a teats, ready to take off at the slightest movement. Nothing. Ha 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 I had him now. I'd pour the garbage all over his lawn and his parents think he raided their garbage and he'd get punished. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty drastic, Clara. Revenge on a dog? <laughs> well, I laughed all the way to my lane. And lo and behold, there was a snarly hound in my headlights just coming off my property with a pack of other dogs and a bunch of cats. That crazy dog must have figured I went away since I went the other way. Oh, no, see? Revenge never pays off, Clara. I caught him in the act. Imagine my surprise when the next morning there's my garbage container, along with my recycled wine bottles, all over the front yard. Now I ask, how the heck can I feel better for giving this monster when he and his parents are so vengeful? Well, folks, I'm not in a forgiving mood at the moment, and for now, I'll sit every night, broom in hand, waiting for the pack to converge on me again. Maybe I'll take broom riding lessons. That'd scare the heck out of the works of them. Revenge sure does take a lot of time, Clara. Wonder why his parents don't just make sure he isn't loose to do it again. I know idea about parents these days, Lizzie. But meanwhile, I gotta stay on guard, so... I guess I'd best get at it. And oh yes, I hope everyone has a joyful wait. I'll take time out next week to make sure I give you another story from behind my bifocals. Till then, bye. Now here's a story about Freedom and Jeff. Freedom was an eagle who brought such joy to the man who brought her back to health and life. This is his story. Freedom and I have been together 11 years this summer. She came in as a baby in 1998 with two broken wings. Her left wing doesn't open all the way even after surgery. It was broken in four places. She's my baby. When Freedom came in, she could not stand and both wings were broken. She was emaciated and covered in lice. We made the decision to give her a chance at life. So I took her to the vet's office. From then on, I was always around her. We had her in a huge dog carrier with the top off, and it was loaded up with shredded newspaper for her to lay in. I used to sit and talk to her, urging her to live, to fight, and she would lay there looking at me with those big brown eyes. We also had to tube feed her for weeks. 
This went on for four to six weeks, and by then she still couldn't stand. It got to the point where the decision was made to euthanize her if she couldn't stand in a week. You know, you don't want to cross that line between torture and rehab, and it looked like death was winning. She was going to be put down that Friday, and I was supposed to come in on that Thursday afternoon. I didn't want to go to the center that Thursday because I couldn't bear the thought of her being euthanized. But I went anyway, and when I walked in, everyone was grinning from ear to ear. I went immediately back to her cage, and there she was, standing on her own, a big, beautiful eagle. She was ready to live. I was just about in tears by then. That was a very good day. We knew she could never fly, so the director asked me to glove train her. I got her used to the glove and then to Jess's, and we started doing education programs for school in Western Washington. We wound up in the newspaper radio, believe it or not, and some TV Miracle Pets even did a show about us. In the spring of 2000, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgson's lymphoma. I had stage three, which is not good, one major organ plus everywhere. So I wound up doing eight months of chemo, lost the hair, the whole bit. I missed a lot of work. When I felt good enough, I'd go to survey and take Freedom out for walks. Freedom would also come to me in my dreams and help me fight the cancer. This happened time and time again. Fast forward to November 2000, the day after Thanksgiving. I went in for my last checkup. I was told that if the cancer was not all gone after eight rounds of chemo, then my last option was a stem cell transplant. Anyway, they did the test, and I had to come back Monday for the results. I went in Monday, and I was told that all the cancer was gone. So the first thing I did was get up to Sarve and take the big girl out for a walk. It was misty and cold. I went to her flight and dressed her up and we went out front to the top of the hill. I hadn't said a word to Freedom, but somehow she knew. She looked at me and wrapped both her wings around me to where I could feel them pressing in on my back. I was engulfed in eagle wings and she touched my nose with her beak and stared into my eyes. And we just stood there like that for I don't know how long. That was a magic moment. We've been soulmates ever since she came in. This is a very special bird. On the side note, I've had people who were sick come up to us when we are out. And freedom has some kind of hold on them. I once had a guy who was terminal come up to us and I let him hold her. His knees just about buckled and he swore he could feel her power course through his body. I have so many stories like that. We'll finish off this podcast with a little humor about a Japanese exchange student in the U.S. The teacher said, let's begin by reviewing some history. Who said, give me liberty or give me death? She saw a sea of blank faces except for little Akio, a bright foreign exchange student from Japan who had his hand up. Patrick Henry, 1775, he said. Very good. Who said, government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth? Again, no response except from little Akio. Abraham Lincoln, 1863. Excellent, said the teacher, continuing. Let's try one a bit more difficult. Who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. 
Once again, Achilles was the only hand in the air, and he said, John F. Kennedy, 1961. The teacher snapped at the class. Class, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Little Akio isn't from this country, and he knows more about our history than you do. She heard a loud whisper. To heck with the Japs. Who said that? I want to know right now, she angrily demanded. Little Akio put his hand up. General MacArthur, 1945. At that point, a student in the back said, I'm going to puke. The teacher glares around and asks, All right now, who said that? Again, little Akio says, George Bush to the Japanese Prime Minister, 1991. Now, furious, another student yells, Oh, yeah, suck this. The teacher fainted. As the class gathered around the teacher on the floor, someone said, Oh, crap, we're screwed. Little Akio said quietly, USA hockey team before they play the Canadians. If you enjoy Life with Aunt Lizzie, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. I love to bring you these uplifting and fun pieces of humor and sometimes thought-provoking articles. And if you'd like to receive our Chatterbox news, where you'll find all kinds of fun things to bring a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, please visit www.lifewithauntlizzie.com and sign up for your free personal copy. Thank you for visiting with us this week, and we look forward to tickling your funny bone on further episodes. Meanwhile, take care, keep smiling, until the next time, bye for now.